I'm good. Because I'm looking at your face. We're looking at each other's faces. In person. This is weird. Yeah. We never do this. Well, we do do it. Just but every time not, together. <laughs> not physically in the same realm. Not space. Often. Not often. It's been four months since we've seen each other. You know how sometimes people will look like very quickly from eye to eye, mm-hmm. eye to eye? Like, do I ever do that? Or do you think those people are like, look in that eyeball, then look in the other eyeball, then look in the other eyeball? I'm like, testing you know? it out right now. Yeah, but they do it so quick. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to do it. I know Some how to wiggle my like, ears, but I don't know how I to. I do that too. <laughs> and you know what's gross is it's not actually really wiggling your ears. It's wiggling the back half of your head skin. Yeah, it's from your. Whoa. Yeah. It's just. See? <laughs> Isn't that kind of gross? That is kind of gross. This oh. is an encounters episode. Mm-hmm. And this is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. We are both in Boston right now because tonight we re- we record. We, um, <laughs> it will be recorded. Yeah. We have a live show. Yeah. It's Sunday, Boston. May 5th. It's early in the morning. We woke up and did some of our favorite things. We uh, ate mac and cheese for breakfast. <laughs> we did do that. And then we had Death Wish coffee, which mm-hmm. is supposed to be the strongest coffee in the world. So we have a Death Wish. One, because of the coffee. And two, because why are we doing live shows? <laughs> I don't know. So much anxiety, <laughs> so much stress. But so much fun also. Which is also... Um, why we do these listener stories because they're also fun yes shall we start we shall shall we <laughs> it's so weird seeing you i know don't just don't look at me i won't look at you <laughs> if you don't, don't look, look at, at me. me okay fine we'll stare at our computer screen before we go on to more stories we have to take a moment to say thank you to everyone who donated to our patreon in the month of april yes you guys rock you guys are seriously helping us so much in so many ways yeah we appreciate your support it helps us pay for the editor who helps us save time and then also do more put more back into this podcast and get us into those live shows yeah it's awesome so thank you first to our mamas and papas of the bek we have arin and then thank you to our good luck black cats we have sammy am andy sarah amber tall jessica ashley and shannon Thank you all. Thank you. Okay. okay. Do you want to start? Sure. Do you want to start with sad or funny? Should I end with funny? Sure. Okay. This is from Jennifer. Hi, girls. This one is kind of sad. In my senior year of high school, a new boy, let's call him Paul, arrived from California. He was the most beautiful person I had ever seen. He didn't look like the kids I grew up with. He had a kind of glow about him. From the beginning, we had a strange connection, and he was everywhere, kind of shadowing me. He was shy at first, and one day he knocked on my door, and my mom answered. He introduced himself, and my mom told him I wasn't home. He was still brand new then, and I had never even told my mom about this new boy. Paul and I hadn't even really spoken before. At dinner that night, my mom told me someone came looking for me, and she said that he was the most beautiful boy she had ever seen, like an angel but like a really sad angel. And I knew instantly who she was talking about. You see, when I say he was beautiful, he wasn't like model beautiful. He didn't necessarily have great hair and perfect skin. No, he was just normal looking, a normal looking boy. But there was something about the way he looked. He glowed warmly, but there was always sadness in his eyes. So sad angel described him perfectly. He had changed schools and countries from California to where I am in Canada in senior year. 
due to some very sad circumstances of which I won't get into too deeply. I know he felt deplaced, that he longed for family, and there that and that there was a sadness within him since he was a baby due to an unstable home life and abandonment. He was lost, and you can tell. He quickly became my favorite person, and I realize now that I had a very mothering type of feeling for him. As senior year progressed, I inadvertently introduced him to the wrong people, and he began doing drugs and got himself into trouble. If you give drugs to someone with such trauma, it's a recipe for disaster. My parents at one point sat me down and asked if I would like them to take him in. You know, feed him, give him shelter, give him structure, and also love, support, encouragement, and praise. They didn't know him, but they knew he was special. But at this point, I didn't want him living under my parents' roof because I knew that he would bring the drugs with him. After graduation, Paul spiraled. I loved him, we lost touch, he damaged relationships, and he moved back to California. Fast forward a few years, it sounded as though he had sort of repaired his life. He had enrolled in college and had a job. One day, I was in university, and I thought I saw him on campus. I had given him a green rugby jersey for his birthday a few years earlier, one that I'd never really seen anyone wearing, and it was quite distinctive in its patterns. I swear I saw him in, on campus wearing that jersey. I picked up my pace and tried to catch up to him, but I eventually lost him in the crowds. I went back to my apartment feeling sad, realizing how much I missed him and how much I miss having him in my life. As soon as I walked through the door, my phone rang, and I was told that he, this beautiful, sad angel, had completed suicide that afternoon. I always felt so guilty. I always felt I was too hard on him. I should have let my parents take him in. I should have pushed harder to help him. My heart was broken for a very, very long time. For about a year, my feelings of guilt manifested themselves in nightmares about his suicide. Probably three nights a week. In my dreams, I would see him somewhere, like a crowded parking lot at a party, at the fair, and I would know he had died by suicide, but he was back, and this was kind of my second chance to try to save him. I would follow and try to catch up to him, knowing that he was walking away to go and complete suicide. In my dreams, I would always fail. I'd lose him, and he'd complete suicide once more, and I would wake up bawling and screaming for having lost him again. As time went on, the dreams became more and more graphic, to where I eventually dreamed that I did manage to catch up to him, but it was too late, and he shot himself in front of me, and I would see everything up close. Finally, about a year after he passed, I was working and saved enough money to fly out to California, and I wanted to visit Paul's graves and pay my respects. My last day of work before my trip, I was just a wreck. I was so emotional and stressed, it was so important for me to visit him in his final resting place, but I wasn't going to get to see him or hold him or touch his face as I often did or hear his voice. As I walked into my office, I sat down with a stack of papers I had just picked up from the warehouse. I worked at a company that shipped lumber worldwide, and part of my job every day was to pick up the sheet that said how much lumber was loaded into what container, its measurements and weight and container numbers, etc., and enter that information into a spreadsheet. So I sat down with my pile of papers, opened up the spreadsheet, created a new blank page, and then I just fucking broke down. I cried. I was shaking. I was just so, so, so sad. Eventually, I just got my shit together. I wiped away my tears and looked up at my screen to start entering the info into the blank spreadsheet I had just created. Well, the spreadsheet was filled out. I looked at sheet after sheet in my pile that I just collected and all the information that was hours worth of work And all of it was entered into this new sheet I had just created like three minutes earlier. Whoa. There was no explaining it. And I kind of wondered if maybe Paul was there with me and helped me out since I was having such a hard time. And it was related to the trip. The trip I was taking to go visit his grave. There was something else that happened the night prior. 
I had fucked up my ghetto blaster. It was the 90s. I had pulled out the tape part and it broke. The spring broke. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I broke the thing. Well, I went home after work and miraculously, it was fixed. I asked my dad if he fixed it, but like I hadn't even told him it was broken. He looked at me and said, how bored do you think I am that I would go into your room and see if anything needed fixing? (laughs) (laughs) So I wondered, could this have been Paul too? Anyway, the next day I flew out to California. I went to the cemetery, but I couldn't find where Paul was laid to rest. I walked all over this huge cemetery several times over in the heat trying to find his headstone. Finally, I started crying and I just kind of fell on the ground in a heap of tears. I had been out there for like forever. I looked up, me still bawling, and I saw a huge eagle circling me in the sky. I watched it come down and touch down on the ground and take off in flight again. I wonder if that was I wondered if that was Paul sending me a sign. So I walked over to the spot that the eagle touched down, but there was only a plot number marker, but no headstone. There was this white bench, though. So I sat there for a minute and decided to walk down to the office and ask reception desk for information. I was quite a sight. I walked up to the desk and people who had been waiting just backed away and let me go first. And they all kindly tried to pretend that they didn't see or hear me as I tried to talk through tears and those wind hiccups you get when you cry too hard. The staff were all incredibly nice. They looked at Paul's information and said that for some reason his family had not bought him a headstone. The security man took note of the plot number, put me in his golf cart thing, and drove me to Paul's spot, which turns out was exactly where the eagle had touched down. (gasps) I put down flowers, I lit two candles, one for Paul, one for me, and I sat there for about an hour talking to his grave. I apologized. I told him I loved him. I told him how I was in love with him and that I missed him. Before I left, I felt an urge to leave my business card of all things, which I buried (laughs) in the bouquet of flowers I left for him. So a week later, I'm back at work and I get a phone call. Paul's sister had a sudden push to go visit his grave, which apparently she hadn't done for the better part of a year. And there she found my card. And when she built up the courage, she called me. I was able to ask questions and get some information on what had happened in the last year of Paul's life and also during his childhood. She told me that she saw his body after he had completed suicide. She described him as looking peaceful, almost angelic. It was all just so very sad, but I was glad to have some more context. I still had nightmares, mind you, so it's not as though that visit nor the phone call really made anything better. I still blame myself for what I felt was ultimately letting him down. So anyway, I still felt pretty fragile after my visit when I went away for the weekend and stayed over my friend's house. One night, her sweet kitty decided to make a bed on my tummy. He was sound asleep and I got a bit of a tingly feeling and I sensed that there was somebody else in the room. A second after I felt it, the cat woke up, looked at the ceiling in the corner of the room, and just stared at it for minutes. I was telling the cat, it's okay, don't worry, go back to sleep. But it wouldn't stop staring at that corner of the ceiling. So I said, Paul, if that's you, you're scaring the cat. Then I felt the presence leave, and the cat at the same time as me put its head back down on my tummy and went back to sleep. Whoa. So the last time I ever played a Ouija board was a few months after my visit to L.A visit to LA. I played with a friend I had never told my story to and the board claimed I was speaking with Paul and the message he gave me was thank you for visiting me I love you too. Oh my god. That night I had a dream I was in a park I looked up and I saw Paul but this dream was different this time he was smiling he was glowing that warm glow that me and my mom first noticed about him for the first time in my dreams instead of walking away from me Paul was walking down the grassy hill toward me. We hugged so hard i was crying i touched his face and his face felt just the way it always did it was him 
As much as my nightmares had felt real, this was like crazy real. He was there, it was him, and I'm 100% certain of that. As I touched his face with his arm still around my waist, he looked down at me and said, I'm okay now. You don't have to worry about me anymore. I'm okay. And of course, I woke up bawling, but I knew that this angel of a boy had come to visit me to tell me it wasn't my fault, that he didn't blame me, and that I shouldn't either, and that he was in a better place. He also said that it was time for us to say goodbye, and it was the last time I ever dreamed of him. Thank you for reading this. Wow, I never thought how therapeutic this email would be. I've got more scary stories to send you next. Thanks, guys. <laughs> okay, well, this is emotional. Yeah. Sabrina's wiping her tears. She's so, crying. Yeah. It's well, like, it's hard not to when you think about this. And everything that happened, it wasn't just one or two things. It was a series of things. And he touched so many people. And he also brought signs to so many people and connected them back to each other, too. Yeah. He brought her back with his sister so that they Which could is, support each other in their grieving. Right. Which you need. I feel like right. it's so easy to feel alone. And they also knew two separate sides of him. Right. And you, yeah, I mean, anytime you lose someone, regardless of the, the manner that they die, you have so many questions and so many unanswered questions. And it's nice to have someone to talk to and right. kind of get some sense of understanding. Oh my gosh. And it's just so, I mean, it's so beautiful that it's clear that this boy, Paul, he was so vital to her life and was meant to be in her life and will probably continue to be in her life in right. some way. Like, it just makes you think of destiny in a way of like, mm -hmm. what, what, it, yeah, like, I don't know, like, what is controlling this and why are certain people in our lives for, for, What's the reason behind right. it? And it's also interesting because it doesn't sound like she ever doubted the signs that she received from him as yeah. being from him. And yet he continued to come back yeah. and leave her more signs, give her more messages, and be a stronger and stronger presence each right. time. Ugh. Well, and the Ouija board, because, you know, we've heard such dark stories of Ouija boards. But this one, it's almost like she said it's the last time she's ever used one, which is almost like... Why would you ever need to use one after that? Like this, right. that's the most beautiful message you. Can you got get. the message that you needed, and the eagle, the eagle fall, flying down and showing her where the plot was. Yeah, which is crazy because eagles. I mean, most people never see an eagle in their life. Yeah, and wow. they fly so high in the sky. Their nests are in the tallest trees. It's not often that you see them on the ground. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, this is from Dottie, Corinne, and Sabrina. I want to preface this email by saying I absolutely love your podcast. I know you hear this all the time, but your show is the only thing that gets me through my metro rides to work every <laughs> single day. My story happened on my 14th birthday when my mom and best friend went on a Williamsburg walking ghost tour at night. We knew going into the tour that most of the ghost stories might be embellished, but we were ready to be scared. Heck yes. We walked up to a haunted house and the tour guide told us that a woman used to live in the house and died when she tragically fell down the stairs. People in the neighborhood still reported hearing the noises of someone falling down the stairs and screaming. Oh, what an Whoa. awful, awful residual energy or yeah. thing I to hope relive. I hope it's residual. Yeah. There was also a story that if someone knocked on the door, they would also hear the woman falling down the stairs. When the tour group walked away from the house, my mom dared my friend and I to go back and knock on the door. 
oh my god that mom yeah we did and sure enough we heard the noises of someone falling down the (gasps) stairs oh we were scared but in a funny way because we assumed it was a sound effect that the tour company applied to the house however when we started to walk away we noticed that one of the windows upstairs had a shadow of a woman in it and we weren't supposed to take pictures but my friend took one on her iphone anyway when we went to look at the photo my friend couldn't remember her phone password even though she had the same password for over a year and i knew her password too but i couldn't remember it for the life of me and she was locked out of her phone because we tried to remember the password so many times in the end (laughs) we never remembered her password and she had to take her phone to the apple store and the store said that the only way she could unlock her phone was if they restored the entire phone erasing (gasps) all of her pictures and other storage no way so long story short we never got to see the picture we'd taken of the woman in the window, and we swore that it was some sort of ghost or spirit that kept us from remembering the password and ever seeing the picture we took. Again, love your podcast, Dottie. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I mean, wow. That's... Okay. I am trying to figure out this ghost. I mean, the, glo- the ghost clearly showed herself in the window, mm-hmm. but then didn't want anyone else to like later see her through technology right like what i i wonder almost if it was i wonder if the woman's spirit appeared to be like don't knock like why are you mm. doing this to me kind of being like hey this is real this is my afterlife don't do this to me and then she probably didn't want the photo to be taken because if they had posted that on the internet can you imagine how many other people would then knock and then look up at the window trying to coax her out right disrupt her peace right more so than tours going through probably daily i'm so curious makes me wonder like what the correlation between knocking on the door and her falling down the stairs is like why is it that every time someone knocks on the door she's destined to relive that fall and like maybe that's because that's what happened maybe she when she did fall down the stairs she was going to answer the door oh yeah but then it's strange. Then it makes me think it's not a residual energy. Right. Or maybe it was like what she wished had happened. She wished that someone had been on the other side of the door and heard her and could have helped her. Oy. Damn. Well, that's one ghost photo we'll never get to see. <laughs> uh, that sucks also losing all of your everything on your all phone. All of your pictures. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I'll cry during this one. Okay, this is from Zach, and it's called The Skulls in My Stepdad's Trunk. Okay. Hello. I recently discovered y'all's podcast and have been binge listening for the past few days. A couple of days ago, I listened to episode four, where y'all told the stories about dreams that the both of you each had. And the episode stuck out to me because I too have had dreams where I was visited by deceased family members and friends. However, I want to tell y'all a story that was very frightening and occurred when I was a little kid. So when I was six years old, I moved into an apartment in southern Illinois with my mom, stepdad, and brother. I don't have a lot of memories from when I lived there. However, I remember remember always being scared. For example, I remember this feeling of always being watched or followed, and this would cause me to run from room to room to avoid being alone. After a few weeks of living in this apartment, I started to experience nightmares in which white figures would come into my room and stare at me. I remember these figures to be tall and lengthy and would gather around mine and my brother's bunk bed. Another reoccurring dream I would have was that I would be leaving for school and my stepdad would tell me to put my backpack in the trunk of his car. When I would open the trunk, it was full of skulls and I would wake up panicked. 
I never told my mom or stepdad about this because I didn't want to believe it was real. A few years a few years later, I told him about it and turned out I wasn't alone. My mother would also have nightmares regarding skeletons as well as strange figures. The scariest thing she recalled was waking up at 3 a.m. and telling my stepdad that she thought someone or something was in the apartment. He proceeded to wake up and look at her and say with a voice that didn't sound like his, to leave them alone and they'll leave her alone. My stepdad has no memory of this, and needless to say, we all moved out shortly after. Oh, God. Yeah. Even though we moved away, I have continued to experience things in every house I've lived in. Some of these experiences have been good, have been good and some bad. I've enjoyed... I hope y'all have enjoyed my story. Keep up the great work, Zach. Okay, so it was some sort of spirit or entity that was, I presume, in that house and then targeting the entire family. Yes. And it sounds like it was threatening because it's like skulls in the trunk. Is that saying we'll take over the stepdad and then you'll all end up as skulls in the trunk? Yeah. Ooh, which is so scary. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. And the fact that. And it doesn't sound like the stepdad had dreams because he was probably the one getting possessed the entire time. Well, he's the one who said to leave them alone and they'll leave her alone. So the fact that she was scared and she tried to get her step or her husband at the time or whatever, her husband, to go check on it. It was like whatever was in him or whatever spirit was there was like, leave us alone and we'll leave you alone. Yeah. Like if you keep questioning this, you'll end up in the trunk. Isn't it also wild? This is less so about paranormal and more just about what we humans can pick up on. Mm-hmm. That even if it's a spirit or if it's a real person, you can wake up and feel the presence, Ugh. like actually read the energy differently yeah like you know when someone else is there just like you know when someone's looking at you yes it's so weird yeah i wonder what that is like i feel like the looking at you i mean all of it's strange but you know when your eyes are closed and you feel someone looking at you Mm -hmm. like how why does that work well how is it energy based or is it right how does it work i understand why it would happen because like way back when when we were living in caves or under trees or whatever and we were sleeping and maybe a predator came by, we right. would need to know when we were being targeted and wake up and run. Right. But yeah, what is it? Like, is it What actually is it? Yeah. That scientists. Any scientists tell us. Come on. Help us. Well, I'm glad they moved. It sounds yeah. like nothing happened after that. Yeah. Yeah. This is why when you have dreams of finding skeletons that are kind of malicious in your stepdad's trunk, definitely move. Run. Run as far as you can. Okay. Okay. Here's one that we will end on. It's called Did I Die? Oh. Oh my gosh. From Savannah. (laughs) Hello, ladies. I just finished binge listening to your podcast and loved every second. Well, I'm almost caught up at least. I'm currently listening to the episode where Corinne poisons herself (laughs) with Dawn dish soap. (laughs) I haven't made pancakes since then. Oh. (laughs) Anyways, I have two stories to tell you and I'll start with one with the one I referenced in my subject line, though it may not be as dramatic as all that. (laughs) When I was a senior in high school, my grandmother was dying of breast cancer. It's no secret that this is a very hard thing for any family to go through, but it was particularly hard for my mom and her siblings as they were all spread across the country and couldn't be there with her. We lived in Utah and my grandparents in Virginia. When it became apparent that it was very near the end, my mother and her siblings fought to get work off and scraped their pennies together to be able to fly out for a week and say goodbye to their mother. Oh. It is during this week that I had 
this experience. Really, it was a dream. I dreamt that I had died and gone to heaven. There I was met by my grandmother. I felt confused to see her as she had not died yet, and I was also confused by the stern, angry look on her face. Pearly gate reunion should be happy, right? (laughs) When I reached her, my grandmother slapped me across the face and shoved a finger in my face and told me that I could not be here because my family still needed me on earth. Oh my gosh. Then I woke up with a start. I brushed this off as simply a dream caused by worry and sadness over the inevitable death of my grandmother, and I went back to sleep. However, when I woke up that morning, my dad gathered all of us kids together to tell us that my grandmother had passed away during the night. I still am not sure if I just had a visitation from my grandmother that night. We weren't super close, and surely there were other people who would have needed a visit more than me. And it's not like it was particularly comforting. (laughs) She got slapped. (laughs) Or had I myself died? I always heard that if you die in a dream, you die in real life. But I can assure you that I am alive and well. Wow. My second story is, well, I'm not really sure what it is. I had just come home from college and some friends and I had spent the day at the lake. The sun had long since set and we were trying to decide what to do now. One of my friends suggested that we head over to the abandoned Res High School that is supposed to be haunted up the wazoo. I was too chicken and stirred the group away from this idea, even as my friend regaled us with spooky tales from her experiences (laughs) there. There. Oh, my God. To be like, oh, no, (laughs) it's fine. I've only had a million ghost experiences. Yeah, that's the worst way to entice people to go. And she even played a few EVPs she'd caught. No. (laughs) Wrong tactic. Wrong tactic. I'd be like, hell no, especially no now. It was nearly 1 a.m. and we were thoroughly creeped out by the time we left the lake to go home. On the drive, we passed a man walking towards us on the road with a shovel over his shoulder. My friends freaked out and I tried to assure them that it was just because we were already scared and there probably were many logical non-murdery reasons for a man to be walking through a neighborhood in the dark with a shovel at 1 a.m. Yeah, what are those reasons? (laughs) (laughs) A few nervous chuckles and we continued on our way. However, we made it maybe 50 feet down the road and we saw the same man walking towards us with a shovel over his shoulder. How does one man walking towards us suddenly get ahead of us? A ghost? A glitch in the matrix? What? I don't know. Thanks for many hours of entertainment, Savannah. Um, okay, well, let's talk about the first story first. Because regardless of how many times I feel like we've heard a lot of stories like that, I just got so many chills. I know, of the I know, I know, I know. idea of seeing a loved one in heaven and then like learning the next morning that she they did die and then being confused because you thought it was just a stress dream right but i also wonder because i can't tell if their whole families went out to spend the last few days with the grandmother or if just the her mom did i think it was just the mom and the siblings right so it makes sense that maybe she was kind of thinking about the fact that her grandmother was going to pass away and so she was kind of metaphysically connecting to the grandmother in that way right and then like trying I wonder to if it see wasn't, her yeah perhaps it wasn't a visitation at all or a near-death experience but she unintentionally astral projected yeah. into that other plane into whatever it is whatever it is wherever where you people go. go when they die yeah yeah i well ooh, going off that what if like yeah, she was kind of projecting to go actually see her grandmother in the mm-hmm. hospital. 
but her grandmother's spirit had passed on in just that moment. So in order to be with her, she ended up going up zoomed to up somewhere else. The whatever you consider heaven beamed up to the mothership, and yeah, to the mothership. And then the grandmother's like, uh, uh-uh. uh. And slapped her. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it wasn't a visitation from grandma because grandma did not want to see her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. So crazy. And then the man with the shovel. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I want to know more about this place. Me too. What EVPs her friend got and what the other experiences Because it does seem awfully murdery. Yes. Yeah. There, I can't think of one single explanation. A man walking in the dark at 1 a.m., with a shovel over his shoulder. Like what? Literally zero. Zero. Unless, unless you buried a crap load of money because you don't believe in <laughs> banks and saving accounts and you can't just go out during the day for risk of being seen. So you have to go mm. visit your money stash at night. Or bury it at night. Bury it at night. That makes sense. That is the only, I'm trying to think only of explanation, others. right? Yeah, I think. There are none, because all the others, you could wait till daylight. Like, let's say right. your, your pet passes away. You would wait until the morning to go. Unless. A parent would, right? Unless it's your, like, your family pet, and you have a lot of young children, and you are going to tell them that it went to a farm to be happy, and so you just need to bury the body overnight. But again, like, your kid probably doesn't like, I don't know. I'm just trying to rationalize things. <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing. I don't think there's anything. Uh, I mean, maybe some listeners out there. No reasons why you go out. Some I mean, one late night gardening. Because <laughs> if you, farmers start really early, but they start at like between four and six a.m. Not one a.m. Yeah. Not one a.m. And also, yes, you could be doing that, but you wouldn't reappear ahead of the car again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I still want to know what that ghost was up to. What are you doing, ghost? What are you doing? Okay. okay. Well, those are some <laughs> encounters. That was fun. That was nice. That was fun and sad and spooky and funny. And um, we'll be back with more next week. Yes. Yeah, so please email us your ghost stories or any odd, strange, weird, confusing things that have happened to you. Yeah. Our email is two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. Also, I want to know if you have walked around with a shovel on your shoulder at 1 a.m., why? Just tell us. Just tell us. We won't tell anyone else. Well, we might, but. As long as it's like you didn't bury your body, I think I'll tell people that too. <laughs> I'd be concerned. <laughs> Sabrina will call the cops. I might keep your secret. <laughs> <laughs> so email and just say, this is for Corinne only, and then I won't look at Corinne's it. Corinne's <laughs> eyes only. Um, okay, well, we have our live show in Boston. Well, it will have already happened, but it's yeah. tonight for us. And then we have a ton of shows, not a ton, a few we shows. too. <laughs> a ton. Which is a ton for us. But we're going to be in Nashville on June 16th. So please buy your tickets and come <sighs> and bring your dads. I know it's Father's Day. What better gift than the gift of ghost stories? Sabrina will open with some dad jokes. It'll uh, be wonderful. I'm going to do a whole, yeah. Ugh, this is going to be my day. Yeah, it it's is Sabrina's day. day. It's not father's day sabrina told a joke we were <laughs> we were at dinner with my parents and sabrina told a joke we were talking about bigfoot yeah and someone was talking about how they squat and they're always like why do they squat and sabrina goes because it's sass squat <laughs> and she got a lot of laughs from my dad in oh, specific he loved it it's like dad jokes <laughs> jill hi hi what are you doing recording in person yeah yeah <laughs> oh thank you probably vomit on stage it's like um pitch perfect and then we have new york on june 14th 
Mm-hmm. All of the links are on our website. So come support us. Support yeah, the ghost. It'll be fine. And then if these shows go well, hopefully some other theaters will book us in other cities and mm-hmm. we can venture our way around all of the different haunted locations yes. that you guys all reside There's in. There's so many we want to go to. And it's fun because we've been doing a bunch of, like yesterday, we went to haunted places and we're, we want to make it a thing where we go to a bunch of different haunted places the day before our show. Mm-hmm. And like, what better way to celebrate? Help us reach our goals. Yeah. Well, anyway, thanks for your your support and for listening to us. We have a bunch of ways to support us. You guys already know how, so we'll just keep it short this time. And but the most important one that I want to spend time on is rating, reviewing, rating and reviewing us on iTunes because please do it. It keeps us up in the ranks and lets more people find us, and then therefore makes us do more live shows, and therefore makes us happy yeah or just tell everybody yeah that works too just open your window and scream two girls one ghost on repeat i love two girls one ghost (laughs) yeah no one will be confused no uh oh and merch and patreon buy merch we have cute merch and then support us on patreon if you so wish it's probably like what 25 cents no it's less than that it's like 13 cents per episode basically because we have eight episodes a month. That's some math right there. That's some math. Math I'm unwilling to participate in doing. Anyway, do that. And then and don't forget to email us your ghost stories. Yeah. And we will see, see you on the other, other side. side.